get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? Episode six. I'm joined by my compadres, Derek and Tudes. What's going on, gents? It's Masters Week. It's, I mean, big week. Episode six. It's crazy. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Our uh, winding down of crazy work week. You know. Very nice. Very nice. The non-traditional work week. <laughs> Mr. Tudor getting ready for his big trip coming up. Yeah, but um, you know, both both you and I had what COVID vaccine shots yesterday, so you know, a little banged up today. But <laughs> you know, getting through it. This is uh, like we were talking about earlier. It's our Paul Korea podcast right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I feel like you just got hit by Scott Stevens coming over the middle of the ice. Hundred so. percent. No better way to describe it. But, but um, perfect of- transition there. Uh, <laughs> there it is. You know, when we're talking about elite pro hockey defenders we've got one on with a huge special guest in the chat today with us um benny why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce her we are joined by the one and only jackie greco jackie what's going on hello what's up guys thank you so much for doing this we are very excited about this one yeah i'm excited to be here awesome how's how's everything going Pretty good, you know, just hanging in there, um, playing hockey through COVID is always a fun time, you know. Yeah, something to do, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but one of the best, one of the best activities, no doubt. But I mean, let's jump right into it here because I had so many things that I want to talk to you about in this format, you know, just long-winded, whatever. And we're not rushing here. We got all the time in the world, but I wanted to jump right in. Because I always find it fascinating, you know, just thinking about like, you know, how I got introduced to to the great game of hockey. And I'm especially curious, like early memories for you and how you got your introduction to the game. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Buffalo, it's definitely a pretty big hockey town. And I feel like at every point, a kid has tried on skates or just gone for fun. Um, but yeah, my brother started and he's older than me. So he started playing and my mom would always bring me to the rink and we'd go watch his practices. And I always told her I wanted to wear the equipment, wanted to wear the equipment. And just one day she just threw me out there. And then I started playing with him. I was definitely the only girl out there for a long time. But I think um, just going to the rink all the time and, you know, being a little rink rat as a little sister. (laughs) And then eventually um, my parents getting me my own equipment and then throwing me out there with the boys, I think that's how I kind of got started. And I feel like that's how every girl got started in Buffalo, especially around my age. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Jackie, you mentioned your brother there. I mean, did you have obviously, you know, getting into it, being around the rink, did you have any other idols growing up, anyone else in your family or any pro players that you really looked up to as a kid? I mean, you know, big Sabres fan. I think, you know, I vividly remember the, Pekka days and the Hasek days. I mean, those were the awesome years to watch and mostly just big Sabres fan. My mom and dad would take me all the time. Um, We got to skate in between the periods, my teams sometimes. So, um, you know, just, I would say the Sabres were my biggest influence and, you know, I always wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre and then not realizing I I couldn't. Um, But, 
you know, there's definitely another path for women's hockey, but definitely a big Sabres fan growing up and still to this day. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. We got, we got a Penguins fan in here, Mr. Tudor. We, we don't, we don't talk about that too much, but right. you know, it's okay. There's, okay. there's, there's worse for sure. That's, Where'd you that's grow all right. up? Uh, mm-hmm. I grew I grew up in Rochester actually. My dad's from Western oh, PA, yeah. um, so Penguins and Steelers guy here. But you gave me flashbacks with um, Michael Pekka there because yeah. uh, Benny and I got to play in the eleven day power play a couple years ago, and Pekka was on the other team, and I decided to hop over the boards on defense as he was breaking out, and you can imagine one on one how that went for me. Oh, um, he could still play in the league today. Yeah, He's so it, good. Oh. Yeah. Do you know who yeah. his was in the 11 day power play? Uh, McKee was with him. Um, oh, that's been on a different team because he was my partner on my team. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was with 97 Rock, and it was him oh, okay. and McKee, and then we had uh, Peters on our team. But Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, quite, a, quite an experience to be out there with guys yeah. like that. He's still so sick, yeah. Did you find yourself having to cover for him a lot? Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, but they definitely put a, they put like cellophane around the um, net because they didn't want us to score. So they left like this much of the net open with a goalie, <laughs> cellophane, a goalie left this much open and he still would score. So I don't know. He was pretty sick. Yeah. I, I was the stay at home D that, that game for sure. <laughs> um, but it's uh, just kind of piggybacking on that. Um, like what, you know, you, you talk about your path a little bit to, you know, your introduction to the game and obviously now you're, you're a professional player. Like at what point or was there a point, you know, during your youth, did you truly realize that you had a legit future in the game, both at like the college level, obviously you played at Syracuse or even beyond? Yeah. I mean, not many girls coming out of Buffalo, um, playing hockey or wanting to play college hockey, but there was definitely a small group of us and a bunch of us went to Nichols and we all played on the same club team and went to Nichols together. So it was a solid like core of girls and our, our main goal was to go play division one hockey. And um, we all kind of traveled the same path together. And at the time there was no professional hockey. So your goal was to play division one hockey um, yeah, we were all getting invited to USA development camps. Um, and you kind of know early on if, if you're going to be a part of the national team when you're younger. But even if you're not part of the national team, there's still so many opportunities. And um, playing college hockey was my only goal at the time. And um, I would say pretty much all of us play Division One or Division Three hockey out of that um, group of Buffalo girls. And I still am close with all those girls to this day. That's awesome. Were you, was Syracuse the first choice or or how did the recruiting process go? Yeah. So you start getting recruited when you're, I mean, it's changed, but it's like freshman and and sophomore year, they can start talking to you and then it kind of gets really serious your junior year. Um, So you pretty much know where you're going by the time you're a junior. Um, At the time, Syracuse was not on my radar. It was a new program. Um, there was other schools that I was interested in and who were interested in me. And I think when it came down to it, it was the, um, academics and athletics combined that kind of just fit for me. And, um, I wanted to go to a school with a big athletics department and Syracuse definitely has that. And the campus is awesome. The academics are awesome. And it kind of just 
fit perfectly for me. So I'm so happy I went there and best four years of my life for sure. That's fantastic. Toots, you're up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, more more about the the ASU days there. Um, yeah, looking looking at the uh, looking at the progression <laughs> there. Two year two years wearing a letter on that team. Uh, senior <laughs> year being the captain. Was that something that you know you ever saw coming? Were, were those leadership skills pretty natural for you, or was there someone you looked up to that kind of helped you along the way? Um, I mean, I was. I had always been captains of my teams in high school or even middle school growing up, but, you know, I definitely always look up to older girls on any team that I'm on. So, you know, you come into this new world, basically a new university with thousands of people you don't know, a new group of 25 girls you've never met before. And, you know, you're going to instantly be drawn to those um, older girls and those veterans and they've been around the block. They know what they're doing. They've been here before they've, done everything that I haven't done. So, you know, definitely looking up to my older upperclassmen when I was a freshman and I had some great leaders on my team and, you know, just, I guess I love my team so much and I love my coaches and I wanted to make them all proud. So, you know, leading the team was kind of always what I wanted to do and it kind of just naturally fell into place. And I think the girls were responsive of me and they enjoyed me as a captain, I hope. So, um, but yeah, no, it was a fun time and definitely like uh, representing Syracuse in that way for sure. Did that, did that give you a little boost? Because I was peeking at the Elite Prospects page earlier and I saw <laughs> oh quite, a, quite a jump uh, up to 10 goals that year on defense. Oh, I, mean. I got kind of shifted forward that year. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny. And so I played a little bit of forward in D that year. It was definitely a jump. You're right. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. The playing time in my younger years wasn't wasn't as big, but definitely when I was older, I got a lot more playing time. And then that senior year, I was playing a lot of forward, which I thought was fun. So, um, yeah, I think that attributed to the ten goals. <laughs> yeah, that in my youth days too, that was kind of yeah. I would I would always be sort of that just super offensive defenseman. I was always pinching and stuff. So eventually, I, as I got older, I just got moved to forward because yeah. Didn't play a ton yeah. of defense, you know. Just just wanted to fly up the fly up the boards there. Absolutely. Uh, what um, but you talk about the you know you transitioned to offense when you were older. Did you always play defense when you were younger? Did you start playing forward, or or how did that come about? Yeah, no, I never played defense when I was younger. I always played forward, and then I think it was my either sophomore or junior of high school. I think whatever tournament we were in, um, I think we were down forward or someone got hurt or something or down D, sorry. We were down D, someone got hurt. And my coach at the time threw me back on D. And then that like same year I got recruited as a defenseman. So I went into college as a defenseman. So it was kind of like a weird transition, but I turned D late into my high school career and then played most of it, my college career and kind of ended on the forward. And then even now, even playing pro, I was a little bit of both. So it's kind of just, I'm, I'll do whatever the team needs. So whatever you need me for, I'll go out there for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love to hear it. it yeah. Do you think, I know you mentioned like your, your older brother. Do you, do you think that playing in, in those environments where you kind of had to hang tough being, being like the only girl a lot of the time, do you think that helped you just 
it seems naturally fit at defense. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I know some girls that played boys up until they were in college, like some girls never even played on girls teams and they're some of the toughest girls out there. Um, I mean, it is nice to be on an all girls team because you can go to all girls tournaments and mm-hmm. compete at that level. But um, for sure, there was no female or there was no girls teams when I was younger. It wasn't until I was about 10 or 12 that they came about where now there's definitely younger girls teams and it's growing so big in Buffalo. But I think, yeah, playing with the boys, hanging with the boys. I mean, I still know some of those guys I used to play with. So I think it's it's kind of fun that I was able to grow up with them and play with them. But then obviously playing with the girls led me to where I am now. So both were great options. And kind of transition in there too, from um, your college days to your pro career now, Mm -hmm. Um, at, at what point, did you realize that w- that was kind of becoming a reality or how did that all come about? Cause I know you said like when you went to college, that was kind of it, right? It was that scholarship and that was the goal, but what kind of happened there to get you into the program? Um, even still, uh, when I was in college, there wasn't really professional options. There was the CWHL, um, and then obviously playing overseas. So there's those options. Um, but I never had my eyes set on those in college because it just wasn't, wasn't, not that it wasn't as, as attainable, but it wasn't like right there. Um, the Canadian teams, I'd have to live in Canada and then I'd, or I'd have to be overseas. But um, it wasn't, I was out of college, I think for a year and then the NWHL started. Um, so I didn't even know I kind of heard it was coming and somebody had mentioned you should try out. And I was living in Rochester at the time. So I wasn't in Buffalo and I honestly thought it was a joke. Like they're like, we're going to pay the players. And I was like, okay, are we playing like at a 10 PM barley game? And you're going to pay us like a hundred dollars. Like I wasn't sure. I thought it, I honestly thought it was a joke. And then, um, so I never tried out and I never went and obviously I saw the first year of the NWHL and was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. There's national team players on these teams and these girls are getting paid a lot of money. Okay, this is actually a thing. So then year two came around and that's when I was like, okay, I want to be a part of this because this is awesome. And uh, that's when I decided to join the Buttes in the NWHL. So were you, were you skating during that time off or like that year after college where you just kind of hanging out and then realized like, Oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta put the wheels back on and see what I can do. Yeah. So I wasn't in that summer and then saw the league happening and I was like, okay. And then like, I like, wasn't really working out like I used to in college. And then I kind of picked it up again and I joined just some like pickup leagues. Cause that's all that really there was in Rochester. So I joined a bunch of pickup leagues and I played like whatever, two or three times a week, just in games, but still obviously getting skating legs is so different than working out in a gym. So um, definitely trying to get into those leagues. And then that summer is when I put in more work and got a skills coach and then um, office conditioning, obviously. And then, um, tried out, I think it was in the summer and then made the team in the fall. So started that year in the fall with the Buttes. I mean, transitioning there, obviously you're talking about Buffalo Buttes and your time there, but take us through 
your first game as a professional hockey player, like leading up to that, like warmups, like in the game, like that's amazing. Like that's always something like, obviously you mentioned the Sabres growing up. Your dream mm-hmm. was to be a Sabre. I shared that too. You got way closer than me. Um, <laughs> so like take us through that whole process. Cause it's, that's a fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, definitely a lot of nerves, um, you know, girls on my team, I had national team players on my team were playing against national team players, you know, in college, you definitely, you play against the best players, but these girls are like legit fresh off the Olympics. They're like fully into it. This is their, their full-time job is playing hockey. So this is like, where else would you rather be playing than professional hockey with the best hockey players in the world? So definitely nervous, but you know, it was so much fun. Um, we were at the Harbor center. We definitely had a huge crowd. Um, and it's just like at a whole heightened another level, you know, you play college and you play two games every weekend and it's kind of like rolling through the motions a little bit and it gets kind of like stagnant. But when you're in the pros and you're playing these high profile teams every single night, it's, it's like, you gotta be on your toes every single night. And, um, that's what makes it the most fun. So it was awesome. Speaking of on your toes, I when I played my first varsity game in high school, had mm-hmm. a glorious toe pick to give up oh, a man. breakaway for the first goal <laughs> on my first ship. Right into it. Did you didn't have any any bad bad things happen to you like that, did you? Not in my first game, I don't remember. I've definitely toe picked a couple <laughs> of times for sure. Or like sniped, got sniped to the blue line for sure. Yeah. I can vividly remember that a bunch of times, but but uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing like that the first time around. Lucky you. Lucky first you. pro game in your hometown, though, too. I mean, that's got to be yeah. kind of unique, right? Most most of the girls in the league aren't going to have that opportunity to to play in front of their hometown. So first game, yeah. jumping right out there. That's true. I didn't even think about that. And it again, like my parents would come to all my college games because I was only two hours away. Um, but like to have my extended family there, my cousins, aunts, uncles, like that is what was most most fun. And my friends, like one year a group of my friends took a party bus and stopped at my game. Like it was part of like their night out. So like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just so much fun and it is fun to play in Buffalo and obviously friends and family being there is, is the best thing. Pre-game at Harbor Center for them and then Seriously? after. Yes. My oh. sisters pre-game my, my game once and then drove to Toronto to go see a DJ that night. So um, the Buttes game was a pregame and then drove an hour to Toronto for a I night out. Behind that. Yeah, it was awesome. Do you know mm-hmm. who the DJ was? Uh, Nora and Pierre. No. Like, never, uh, never heard of him, but uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to look him up now. Yeah, it's a it's a girl. She's um, she's like a deep house DJ. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like but he likes the groove. Yeah. A little bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously we're we're touching on your first pro game. Um mm-hmm. I always even if I'm not like interviewing like in this setting, like I would always ask, even like in my stupid beer league that I mm-hmm. play in now, I always ask like players that are still like good, they still got good hands, they can move well, like play juniors and stuff like that. Like I'm always curious about pregame rituals. Do you have any mm-hmm. quirky, interesting ones that you'd like to share? Honestly, I don't think anything is very weird. Like, I mean, I do the same things, but it's probably the same things you guys do. You tape your stick, you change your laces if you need to. You, I mean, I put on the equipment the same way. I 
listen to music sometimes, sometimes I don't, sometimes I like to listen to music in the locker room. It's, I kind of just like feel the vibe and everyone's having fun and kind of just do my own thing. But also I like to interact with my teammates before the game. Cause you gotta be loose. You can't be too tense, but um, I don't think anything's too crazy. Same, I guess everything's the same. Take my stick the same way, drink the same drinks. I usually eat the same thing, but. Pretty, pretty run of the mill for, for us hockey. Yeah. Folks. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Though. But maybe hockey, non hockey people don't know what like people eat and drink before the game. I don't know. So, so what do you, what do you eat and drink then? Oh man. Or is I, it a secret? Usually, like you can't well, share the secret, secret sauce? I usually have like, always have like a banana, like before, like two hours before or whatever. Maybe add peanut butter or Nutella. I used to add Nutella in college because we love that. Um, and then I always eat, um, I love mango strips. You know what I'm talking about? Like dried mango, kind of like a little like yeah, energy. It's almost like a granola bar looking thing. It's in, it's like a kind super, of it. it's like dried. Yeah. It's like a flat, Very like strip of like dried fruit. I yeah. I eat those during the game, and then I always seen like, like apricot ones too before, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Mango. So I eat those during the game, and I drink my BioSteel, my water. Oh, and I always drink coconut water. That's like my main thing. Oh. Yeah. When did that start? The coconut water. I started that in college. Actually, I would drink it all the time. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's just better than Gatorade. Yeah. Not as yeah, sugary. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people do the Gatorade thing. It, it always fascinates me. Even the yeah. NHL players I see, I don't know for sure, but it's yeah. always in like those Gatorade bottles. I'm like, these guys are yeah. incredible. To, to think I even like considered in my little kid brain that I could be like that one day is a joke. Yeah, but I know. It, <laughs> well, well, not I like for you. Steel. Do you like Bio-steel? Bio-steel? I don't think I've ever had that. Oh. Yeah, I've, not, I've never had it either. That's Oh. We got to get that on our beer league bench or what? Well, yeah, it's like, a, it's like that pink drink. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's really good. It's like a, it's almost like a pre like hydration energy, energy, natural energy drink, I guess. All right. I'll, I'll I got some the, to do after I'll this already. The pre-game blue lights with some bio steel. <laughs> oh jeez! So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, now I, I, just to wrap up kind of the, your your time with, in the NWHL with the Buffalo Buttes, mm-hmm. we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about 2017, the Isabel Cup. Like, take us through the emotions of that 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 day, even the game. Like, yeah, <clears throat> just being a champion in, uh-huh. in, the, in a pro women's league. That's that's amazing. Um, well, we were not supposed to win that game. We were not even supposed to be in that finals, probably, but. We went on this run towards the end of the season and we like won this one game to put us in a good position in the playoffs. And then we ended up like upsetting that game in the playoffs. Like we should have not won that game, the quarter or the semifinal game. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we're in the finals against the best team in the league. And the pride, I think they were like undefeated that year. They probably had like one loss. Like they were stacked with literally everyone. Um, and we're going into this game like we all we're like this is not going to be good. Like nobody nobody thought we were going to win. Nobody wanted us to win. But I, uh, it was just crazy. Bozek scored from like the red line, like in the first period, and we were like, "Holy crap! This like could happen." And that was the um, first goal of the game. First goal of the game. It was like. <laughs> 
from the red the line, in between the blue line and the red line, it's like a huge slap shot. And I don't know, the goalie wasn't paying attention and we scored and we were like, oh my gosh, Brian McLaughlin like stood on her head. I think she had like 60 saves that game. Oh my and God. I think the final might have been like 2-1. I think the final was like 2-1 maybe. I don't even know. Um, but pretty sure it was too when I was doing some yeah. research. Yeah. Pretty sure we we were like ha- just hanging on for dear life the whole time. I think we had like a breakaway goal or something crazy, but we were not supposed to win that game. Like there's this one photo I remember of like us celebrating and the fans in the background, just like, cause they were all Boston fans. Cause it was in UMass. Um, oh, wow. It was at UMass Lowell Arena. And it was just all Boston fans were there and all they wanted was the pride to win. And um, we ended up winning and it was, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, even in the locker room when we got back in, like nobody thought or knew we were going to win. There was like literally only like 12 bottles of champagne and <laughs> we were just like wasting them, obviously like celebrating. And there was like maybe like one case of beer, like something like one thing extra, but there was like no booze or nothing for us to celebrate. It was like, because nobody thought we were going to win. Not even our coaches, not even anyone, like they were not prepared for us to win. Um, they probably so you guys were like, like distilling it with water, maybe, to so it went further. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, like, they probably, you know, they like put the the tarp up. Yeah, yeah. Or they probably had to like take it down from the pride locker room and put it in our room. Like they were, <laughs> we were not supposed to win that game, but we were like laughing. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so fun. Um, so we had no booze, no nothing, and we get on the bus because we have to head home that night. And um, what state were we in? So we started in Mass, but then we, it was either Mass or Connecticut. We were in some state where you can't buy beer at a gas station. I wouldn't put it past Connecticut. Maybe it was Connecticut. And it's late and we can't find anywhere to buy beer or anything, anything. And we ended up finding one Walmart that was open in like the middle of nowhere. I have no (laughs) idea where we were. And we like, had some sort of drink so we were like feeling it a little bit but we like obviously wanted more and we're going to this walmart and one girl's got the speaker we're running through this walmart grabbing these cases of beer so we could have some drinks on the bus and it was just fun that was a really fun time that was a fun team my teammates were awesome that's amazing yeah that that probably made it a lot sweeter though like all the doubt and all the just oh yeah 100 percent, right oh yeah it was, yeah. it was, yeah. But if it was, it was me, really I would have, I would have offered to help go get the tarp from their locker room if I was on the team. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that, that, that happened, but right, but not, not just, that's something I might do. I'm just, yeah. just putting that out there. Yeah, that was really fun. That was a fun year for sure. Now, with with your pro hockey career here, you've mm-hmm. got some other relationships and some partnerships going on here. Um, Parody now, new era, mm-hmm. justition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what can you talk about some of those? What your experience has been with some of these brands, and and what you like to do outside of the game of hockey? Yeah, um, I mean, we have some awesome brands. I mean, well, it's we haven't really talked about the PWHPA, so I wonder if maybe bring up these brands. Once we start talking about that, because yeah, we I we've mention... got that on the on the ticket here. Okay, well, we I don't know. I want to mention their sponsors. Go ahead. Yeah, just plug everything. Go ahead. Yeah, can you 
Yeah. yeah. Just talk oh, about yeah. your experience with the, with, uh, um, the PW and, um, kind of go on from there. Yeah. So, um, the PWHPA formed, um, two years ago and, um, a group. So there's, uh, at the time there's about 200 of us that joined the PWHPA and, um, it's a players association, um, with, uh, 200 girls from North America, both Canada and the U S and this was, uh, after the CWHL had folded and, um, the PWHPA formed to provide those Canadian players with a place to play and an association to be a, a part of. So um, I've been a part of that for two years now. And um, ever since then, we've had some amazing sponsors come through and support us. Um, Parody now being one of them, but also our, our biggest sponsors, um, Secret Deodorant, who's uh, really pushing the envelope for women equality all across the board not just female athletes, but in the professional work field. Um, you know, Adidas is another one of our huge sponsors, Bauer, um, the NHLPA is also awesome. Um, and then we have our local like team sponsors as well that are um, doing great stuff for us as well. That's awesome. So Jackie, for those that, you know, may not know, like the structure of the PA, like the teams, how, how everything works, like, I think it's important to give a rundown and, and explain that to everybody who might not be too familiar with the PA. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the PA is broken down into regions. Um, there's three Canadian regions and two um, uh, US regions. Um, so the US regions being um, Minnesota, which is Team Adidas. Um, and then um, there's a New Hampshire region, which is a Team Women's Sports Foundation, which is also my region. So that's the team I'm on. Um, and then in Canada, we have um, Team Calgary, which is uh, Team Scotiabank. We have um, Montreal, which is Team Bauer. And we have Toronto, which is Team Sonnet. So all of our teams have um, presenting sponsors that sponsor our teams. And um, so the pre-COVID -go pre goal was that we all would um, go to these showcases in North America and in the U.S. and all the regions would come to these showcases. Um, during COVID, it's been a little difficult, but um, the U.S. regions have been playing each other um, for two showcases now and then a third one coming up this weekend. Um, but it's been awesome. There's 25 rostered players on each region. And then um, for every showcase, there's a selected roster that goes to each showcase. So um, most girls live in these regions and then um, other girls commute or travel remotely. Um, I obviously don't live in New Hampshire, but I train here in Buffalo on my own with a couple other Buffalo girls. And then we travel for showcases and, um, you know, try to get to as many um, practices or training sessions as we can. And then, um, you know, we meet our team at these showcases and then play these games with each other. So, yeah, with uh, with the regions, the way it works out like that, mm -hmm. then um, there's no draft or anything like that. Is it pretty much you just try out for a team that's geographically closer to where you're living or how, how did that come about? Yeah. Last season we did have a Buffalo region. Um, there's about, there's a decent amount of us here. Um, but then they kind of had to tighten it up a little bit. So they felt that there was a lot of girls in the Boston area. Um, and there's um, a rink in New Hampshire that like, the Boston region plays out of essentially New Hampshire. Um, but originally pre COVID, I was 
supposed to be on the Toronto team because it's more geographically located to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously the borders closed and it was very difficult to get across. So um, I really only had the option of playing in Minnesota or New Hampshire and um, New Hampshire is a seven hour drive and Minnesota is a 14 hour drive (laughs) or a flight. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little tough, but I was like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to try out and I'm going to see what happens and whatever happens, happens. And um, me and a couple of Buffalo girls went to the tryout and um, we all ended up making the 25 man roster. And um, so we all work out and train together in Buffalo. So we have this little group in Buffalo that we train and then we'll go with our teams when we can. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so for these showcases too, mm-hmm. um, now when you're doing that, are obviously with COVID and all that, are there, are there any fans in the buildings? Are you getting any fan interaction? I know it's such a huge part of growing the yeah. women's game right now is getting some of these young girls watching. I know. Um, so the first two showcases, there weren't fans. Um, so at MSG, there was no fans. I think like, I think like that, like Sunday, they like allowed fans for the first time ever in like New York, New York sporting events. And we were all like, oh my God, will they allow fans? But it was just too tight, too, too hard to, the logistics of it were just too hard. But um, um, so there weren't any fans in, in MSG, there weren't any fans in Chicago, but in St. Louis, we will have fans. So um, both games, there will be fans um, and um, the game on Monday is actually in the the Blues Arena, so that would be pretty awesome. Um, but we also have our streaming platforms to get fans, and then um, we've had our jerseys that uh, people can bid on, and then there's also a ton of merch, and there's jerseys, and I think uh, supplemented jerseys. So there's definitely ways for people to be fans of us um, other than watching us. Right. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. um. What really, what did you see when you decided to join? Like, I mean, talk a little bit about that. What really sold you on it with their message, their mission, and their vision for the league? Um, you know, it was just, I was really close with a lot of these girls. And the goal is to get women's hockey to a point where it's your full-time job. And I think the direction that the PWHPA is heading in is going to get us there. Um, it could be next year, it could be two years from now, it could be five years from now, but I know it's going to happen because we all have the same goal that um, female hockey players should be paid um, an equitable wage that that is their only job because a lot of these girls, it actually is their only job. So we're working towards getting you know enough sponsors and enough people to back us so that we can form a league and create this um, platform for women's hockey that is that is growing and, and providing these girls a place to to work and play and be yeah. better for the future. Yeah, that's that's amazing because mm-hmm. I know I speak for so many people when I say that is long, long overdue. Yes, it, long overdue. But um, so I mean, not talk a little bit about you know some of your other partnerships and stuff that have you know not only with that league, your team, or just you as an individual player, because let's face it, you're, you're a role model for so many young girls out there to pursue their dreams of being a pro hockey player. You're really 
pushing the envelope and how just talk a little bit about that. Do you think about that a lot? Like, and how has some of the partnerships with some of these brands helped you? Um, kind of like a twofold question, I think. I, I do mean, that sometimes. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, without these sponsors, the PWHP sponsors, for example, we wouldn't be able to be on um, NHL Network or NBCSN for right. these little girls to see us. You know, those platforms are what are what is giving us this visibility to those girls all over the country, all over the world, where if you're just on a local or streaming service, it's not the same. But like, if you can be on TV and, and be in front of these girls that have the, that would eventually want to play hockey, like, I think that's a huge thing. And we owe that all to our sponsors because they believe in us and they know it will work and they'll know people will want to watch us. and they are the ones that are putting us out there. And I think that is a huge thing is for girls to be able to see us, not only in person, but also on TV and, and want to be us and want to be on TV as well. And know that girls also play hockey, where when I was younger, I didn't even know girls played hockey. I didn't know it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but now girls can know and they can see. And um, that is the main goal of this whole thing is for to build a better platform and build a better um, landscape for these girls so that when they do play, they're, they're all over the place and everyone can see them and you can't not see them on TV or anywhere you look. Yeah. I've often, I often wondered too, um, there's when you talk about NBCSN and NHL network, it kind of made me think with the, the NHL getting back on ESPN, ESPN plus and stuff like that. You see the coverage that they provide with sports like, College mm-hmm. basketball for women, the WNBA. Is yep. is there like discussions on that, like within like the league or your locker room with the, the possibilities there, maybe? Yeah. I mean, um, I think this was the first year that the NCAA uh, women's Frozen Four was on ESPN. So that's like huge. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. There are some NCAA games that are on ESPN or ESPN Plus. Um, but I mean, it's definitely in the talks. That's a hundred percent the goal. Um, it's everything is so it's not final. You would hear things if they were final, but you know, right. working with these um, NHL clubs, even the ones we're working with this year, is also in the right direction. And you know, those clubs believe in us, and they want to support us, and they want to give us the amenities, the visibility, and everything we deserve to to play our best. And, you know, being in partnership with the NHL is definitely a huge goal. And, you know, that's what we're working towards. And um, I think that's what's going to make us successful is, um, you know, getting all these NHL clubs to believe in women's hockey. And, and most of them do. So I think we're in the right direction and we're definitely moving towards that. Love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Tudor. Yeah. Just- I know you wanted to ask about MSG. So I did. I really, I really did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just cause you know, you've been talking about the visibility and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's such a huge piece of it. Right. Because now, like you said, these girls are seeing players like yourself or any mm-hmm. of the other women in these professional leagues. And now they can see when they're eight, nine, 10 years old, Hey, I can play professional hockey someday. Um, yeah. but 
walk us through like what's it like playing msg nhl network nbcsn like i mean that's that's every kid's dream and now you're paving the way for women's hockey to be on these platforms yeah i mean that was definitely the coolest hockey experience i've ever had um and i play with some pretty elite players and i would say probably say that was also one of their favorite experiences as well. Um, I mean, have you guys ever even been to MSG, like in general? Yeah, yeah, way up in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yep, like, I've been there. I watched the basketball game. We, did, we, didn't, we didn't get on the ice. So. <laughs> okay. But like even like that arena, obviously, it's so iconic. And just even being there is like one thing. But like also to be on ice level, in the bench, in the back of the house, in the locker room in the tunnel it's just like it was so surreal it was so amazing i made sure i soaked up every single moment of it it was it was literally amazing it was it was awesome i can't even like describe the feeling because it was it was so much fun it was so awesome to be there now you you mentioned being in the tunnel one of the pictures on your instagram of your pregame fit (laughs) yeah elite absolutely elite (laughs) Did any special thought go into that or was it just what you were feeling? Oh, I mean, game day, it's game day. You got to get dressed up. You got to feel good, right? Yeah, Um, good, feel good, play good. Exactly. And MSG, I mean, New York City, like you got to go all out. Am I right? Absolutely. um, You know, I kind of, I was thinking about it for a little. I was debating whether to wear a Broadway hat, but I wasn't sure. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, my sister's, help me with this outfit um, because I, I definitely wanted it to be a good one. Um, but, you know, kind of keeping it, keeping it classic, but also have a little, um, a little style in there as well, I think is, is what was right for this uh, New York city moment. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, let me see. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about it already, but like, as far as like timetables or just in general, like what's, what's your biggest hope for the future of women's hockey, like both short term as well as huge, big picture. Like, I mean, just, just kind of to, to put a nice bow on that, we've been sprinkling that in, obviously from your mm-hmm. perspective, what, what do you think about as far as that goes? Yeah. I mean, short term, I think we've done is, great a job as we could this year during COVID. Um, I know it's been tough for the Canadian regions to have games just because their local um, local restrictions are a little different than in the U.S., but I am hoping that they're able to get a showcase on the calendar maybe after Worlds. Um, but I think the three showcases we have had in the U.S., well, we've had two. We're having another one this weekend. Um, they're, they've done awesome things for us. And then... Um, so women's hockey is a little different than men's because um, so when the Olympics happen, the um, the girls centralize for their um, for their teams. So these girls will all centralize next season for 2022 Olympics. So next year is going to be a little unique year where um, the PWHBA will still exist. It'll be a little different um, without those national team players, but we're still going to be pushing the envelope because in 2022, there's going to be a new Olympic or a Olympic gold medalist, and it's only going to um, heighten women's hockey and bring eyes to women's hockey more. So 
hopefully fall 2022 is when, you know, we have a, a league established or we have something more solidified um, as far as teams or what type of structure we're going into. But the Olympics are a hundred percent an amazing time for women's hockey because it's literally the best women's hockey player in the women's hockey players in the world all coming together and NBCSN, you know, everyone's watching it and um, Canada US rivalry is so strong that I think it just brings so many fans to women's hockey and and that's going to be awesome for our game. Is there, is there a lot of trash talk between the Canadian and the U.S. <laughs> players in, in the locker rooms and around the facilities when, uh, you know, yeah. leading up for that stuff? Or I'm not really sure. Most of the girls on my team are uh, American right now. There are some Canadians, but it's so funny because they play against each other so much that they're like friends. It's like hilarious. Like they all know each other so well. It's like I think they're such good friends. And then when you get to these like you know, um, four nations or world championships or the Olympics, then it's like, okay, this is go time. We're not friends anymore. But during like these PA games, everyone's, you know, we're all friends and it's just, it's just fun. But um, I'm sure there's some trash talking at those tournaments for sure. <laughs> Tudor, I know you got to ask about talk. I do. Um, yeah. Sure you no, I... there. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, no, just do, doing a little bit of our research. Here, oh, you know? yeah. We, we got to do a little bit. But um, yeah, I just want to ask about that. We saw that um, you were on a team that created an app called Talk during your yeah. time as a student at SU. Um, wondering mm -hmm. kind of what that was about or what you did there. Yeah, me and my friend, we were in this entrepreneurship class. Um, and the only project of the class was to come up with a um, a company, like make a company. And we, at the time, like Snapchat was like, it was like everyone's, I mean, still everyone's favorite app, I think sometimes, but like, it was like everyone's favorite app. People were posting stories like crazy. It was just craziness. And you'd go out to eat with your friends or go out to a coffee shop with your friend or in class or anything. And everyone's on their phones all the time, all the time. And um, we came up with this app to get people off of their phones, which is kind of weird because it's an app they have to use on your phone. But um, we did this for like a whole year and we ended up doing it after college a little bit. And we like raised all this money. We won all these awards and then it kind of like fizzled out a little bit. But it was a really fun experience. But um, we had LLCs, we had bank accounts, we had all this stuff. Um, it was a really cool experience. I definitely met a lot of people. Um, at these award shows or these, um, we would go to these festivals and we'd present at these festivals. It was, it was really cool. I don't know. It was fun, fun college time, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, just the, the entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Sometimes you come up with something new and you can roll with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I still keep in touch with that friend. So we're definitely that's on great. the same level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, also obviously want to touch on, you know, you coming to, to, to work with Just Edition, obviously, like, you know, some of the stuff you've, you've helped support for us and everything. Like for those that might not know, like how, tell that story and how that all came about, you know, being at pop-ups for us, you know, helping with shoots and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember how it started either. Nick... Or Matt, one of them maybe DM me. I forget. I don't even know how it started. Um, 
and I don't even know. Oh, I think they might have like sent me stuff. I don't know. Maybe they were like, we want to send you some stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. So they sent me some stuff, um, some really cool stuff. And I had like heard of them a little bit. I seen like there's stickers all over the city. Um, but you know, kind of working with them. And the first project they wanted to do was work on creating a custom hat for me, which I thought was really cool. Um, so they wanted to design a logo for me. And Matt was awesome. He's like, give me some like, let me know what you want on your logo or whatever. And at the time I was playing for the Buttes. So they incorporated like a crown in there and then the Buttes colors and my number. And it was, it was pretty cool. And they um, put it on a hat and they got two different colorways, um, my number on it. I think they wanted to put my signature on it at one point, but um, it was a really cool, fun project. And they put together this huge deck um, that was awesome. And it was like, it was really cool. It made me feel like, I don't know, they, they appreciated me and loved my brand and wanted to, you know, enhance my brand through their brand. So um, it was a really cool project. And then kind of just like stayed in touch with them all the time. They had a bunch of clothing drops and I'd always message them, let me know if you need any help, any help. And, you know, we'd go to photo shoots or video shoots together. And, um, you know, I think it does help when there is a female face as a part of the brand and especially a female that also plays hockey and understands the the lifestyle of hockey and like can like hang with the boys at the same time so I think you know I think they appreciate me um as part of their team so it's been awesome ever since knowing them yeah I can tell you it it is a blast having you mm-hmm. associated mm-hmm. And, and helping and everything it's it's been awesome I, I remember the deck too and it was rock that hat golfing quite a bit i'll, I'll say that yeah I, I definitely did it was it was yeah. well done i think um, i have them here i think i think they're over there yeah i would hope is that so your, is that your favorite piece of merch or do you have something else that you like let me go get it i think they're here <laughs> you should see my hat wall you guys would die oh do here like we go a, do like oh, a justition at cribs at some point yeah. <laughs> There yeah. it is. I think I have a bunch. So these are the ones with, with the stickers on them still. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crispy. Crispy. That's right. And then there's my number in the back. What's the story behind the, the number 25? Um and black version. Yeah. Um I was number 15 growing up. Uh 15 growing up and in college. And when I went to play pro, um a girl was 15 and she was like an Olympic gold medalist. So I was second on the list for being number 15. So I stuck mm-hmm. with 25 and then it kind of just stuck from there. So I guess 25 is like my pro number, I guess that's what I think of it, but I don't mind it. I like it. Not very fun story. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. But people get an inside scoop. Yeah. Um, I, I want to spend a little time on this before we wrap it up because I think it's really important and it's always something we 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 want to do with Justice and with the brand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's important for the equality for to get the women's game out there because it's 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 getting it gets so much better every single year. The the skill level, the the notoriety, and it needs to keep ascending and. You know, for the next generations coming up, 
for you know women's players like what are some words of advice messages to them of you know even if they're like their goals to play pro hockey other pro sports or you know and maybe they're just like hesitant about if they can do it what would you say to those i would say you absolutely can do it and i mean look at the NCAA women's basketball tournament blew up this year. I mean, maybe blew up because of wrong reasons, but still like there was tons of eyeballs on that tournament and um, the women's soccer team is blowing up. They keep winning everything. It's like, you can do all these things. And there's so many opportunities and so many more opportunities for girls now than there was when I was younger that there's always something for girls to do. And there's always gonna be something for them to do, but to, I would say to never quit and to try more than one sport. Don't just stick to one sport. Try all the sports you can and see what you like. And those other sports are only going to make you better at everything. Um, but there's always, there's always support systems out there like myself that will always take the time to talk to girls or meet with girls. And, you know, I still coach, I coach girls and boys, but it's, it's being in front of them and, and having them see me, I think also helps a lot. So you definitely can do anything you want to do. I mean, there was a female player playing college football this year. So like you can do anything and there's yeah. no limits to anything. Um, and everything's getting better every year. So I would say, keep doing what you're doing and reach out to people if you need help or advice. And there's so many people out there willing to help you that, um, I think everyone has the best opportunity to play um, any sport they can. That's amazing. That made me think mm-hmm. of an additional question, though. What other sports did you play growing up? Ooh. Was hockey the first one, or like? Um, I think maybe soccer was the first one. Typical for everybody, for I the know. most part. Soccer, hockey. Um, I didn't start playing other sports until I was maybe in middle school or high school. I played the cross a lot, nice. um, field hockey, softball, but lacrosse, hockey were my main sports, I would say. And then maybe soccer, field hockey, other sports. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tudor, do you have, do you have anything else for, for Jackie as far as questions? I think I think you just hit them all there at the end. I was actually going to ask that other uh, sports uh, question mm-hmm. myself, but mm-hmm. was it? Uh, did you love lacrosse also, or was it just always hockey and lacrosse was there? Was there was there ever a thought of trying to pursue college lacrosse? I did get recruited to play college lacrosse a little bit, but it was uh, hockey was my main goal, um, and then I stayed a fifth year at Syracuse for just doing grad school, but you only get four years of eligibility for Mm -hmm. one sport, but you get five years to play. So like if you get a redshirt year, that fifth year I was debating, I was like, should I play lacrosse? Should I play lacrosse? And I was like, I should probably focus on school. I'll be too busy. I'll be too busy. And then I regret not ever trying out for the lacrosse team because the Syracuse lacrosse team is pretty, pretty good. And that would have been really fun. Yeah, that's, that's um, an elite lacrosse program, yeah, men's and women's, obviously. Yeah. Great school for that. Yeah. So I kind of regret doing that, but it's okay. Everything <laughs> worked out for a reason. Yeah, yeah I'd say you're doing just fine now. So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The world less traveled sometimes. But look, Jackie, yeah. it's been 
such a pleasure. This has been an amazing interview. I think people are going to love this. Would love to do it again in the future. Awesome. Yeah. Um, just give updates on you know, obviously the women's game, what's going on with you. You're, you're a big part of us here at Just Dishing for being a voice for the female game. Um, mm -hmm. I want to give you the floor before we do our closing credits as a podcast here to plug socials, causes, sites, any events that you'll be Ooh. at, all that stuff. Take all the time you need. Right. Um, I mean, you can find me like my socials or what type of yeah, literally socials? whatever you want. Oh, okay. I mean, you should hundred percent. You should hundred percent follow me on Instagram, Twitter, most fun. Um, thinking about getting a TikTok, unsure. Haven't really thought about it that much. Um, so is there some be bitterness because of the name from your app? Oh no! Did I they rip that from you? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't even think about that. It's funny. Um, but um, hundred percent follow the PWHPA on um, they're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. They do some really cool videos on TikTok. Um, and you should follow them because when is this being? Um, when are you guys airing this podcast? Tomorrow, Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. And you should 100% follow them because this weekend we are heading to St. Louis in conjunction with the St. Louis Blues. And you should follow um, Team New Hampshire, which is also Team Women's Sports Foundation, which is also Billie Jean King, the GOATS Foundation. Yeah. Um, we are playing against Team Adidas slash Team Minnesota this weekend, uh, Monday or Sunday at 6 p.m. And then um, Monday night at 7 p.m. on NBCSN. So no excuses. Awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for joining us, Jackie. Yes. Make sure to give us a follow at of Just Dishing It on all socials, everybody. Um, make sure you follow at Just Dishing on all social media platforms at Official Skateskins. Head to skates, officialskateskins.com to get your skateskins. It's the next big thing in hockey, folks. You don't, you don't want to miss out on that taking it to another level in the creativity and the style of the game. But once again, Jackie, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I think people yeah. are really going to enjoy this and let's do it again in the near future. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks Jackie. It was a blast. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you.